What's going on, baby? Nate Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 13, Western Savages, how Alex Metaxas created a viral brand around the student experience. How y'all doing, man? Happy Thursday. Really glad to bring you guys another interview. Uh, really quick, if I haven't said this in the past few interviews, these aren't necessarily going to be explicitly personal finance oriented. They're more so going to be, you know, based around really cool people uh, that are younger and are doing really awesome things um, that really tie into the the sort of values that I talk about, you know, getting started early, going after it, getting over the fear of things and things like that. So when I have these conversations, it's a nice sort of refreshment and it kind of uh, applies them to real life. And obviously I'm going to intertwine a lot of personal finance concepts within it where I can. But again, yeah, just really cool youngsters, man. That's really what it is. And today we've got Alex Metaxas, uh, who's actually a buddy of mine. He created the Instagram page that's since blown up called Western Savages. He's also created a few businesses that we'll talk about in this interview. Super cool interview. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen. So let's just dive on into it, baby. Alex, how's it going, man? What's up, Nate? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, man. Anytime, bro. It's a uh, wild time out here. How you, how you been keeping with all of it? Uh, it's tough. It's getting harder week by week, I'd say. But, uh, you know, trying to learn some new skills, do some new things. Right. Been reading right. a bit more than I usually do. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much to do. So just hope that it ends shortly and make the most of it. Right. You're, you're out in Toronto, right? Yeah, I'm in Toronto. How how are you guys like able? Are you guys able to walk around just like anywhere else, or is it more tight in the city? Or uh, it, it's like it's not bad. There are some measurements put in place. I mean, like obviously you shouldn't be out of the house unless you really need to be, right. like getting groceries, medication, that sort of thing. But I mean, a nice day like today, bro. I look outside. Everyone's outside. I'm like, yes, yeah. more people are outside right now than when there wasn't a quarantine. I'm just confused to be right. honest. But but uh, yeah, I just try to stay home when I can, which is sure. usually all the time. But uh, yeah, it's just a new world we live in. It's a new world, man. It's a new world. But uh, really quick, we're going to dive in, kind of talk about your story today. Let's do uh, it. So just take it from the top, man. Like, who are you? What do you do? And, uh, you know, walk through some of the things you're working on right now. So I'm Alex Metaxas, you know the name. <laughs> but um, uh, basically, I've sort of been doing new things uh, my whole life sort of starting new things when I can, learning new things. Um, basically started up with, uh, I think, the main reason why I'm on the show, Western Savages, um, <laughs> in about second or third year. Before that, I was I always enjoyed social media, um, like everyone does, but I had this content coming into me, um, well, mostly content that I was creating myself with my friends. I mean, most of it was belligerent content. But um, I had yeah. this sort of archive set up that I started sending to bigger social media channels. Like some of it started to actually get licensed by them. So right. I knew that I had some stuff that was valuable. Um, but given their, given their size, I also knew that they weren't seeing every single submission, right? right? So I had this sort of archive of content that I wanted to get out there in one way or another. But obviously, I didn't want to post it on my personal stuff. So that led yeah, me to create... Yeah. Uh, a new sort of platform and uh, a medium to get that stuff out. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, me as a person, I was never the type of guy to do this belligerent content and this crazy yeah, stuff. Sure, sure. No, I mean, like, okay, one, <laughs> maybe once or twice, but for the yeah. most part, 
if I'm at a party, um, I mean, I think I, you know a couple people who I'm thinking of right now that does that sort of thing that Please I'm pretty good me. friends with. Yeah. Um, so I, I was sort of like the type of person where, you know, my friend would be like, yo, should I do this? Or like, should I do that? I'm like, man, don't do that. Like, that's so stupid. But yeah, that's but, if yeah. You, but if you do that, let me know so I can film it. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so through that stuff, I had some content that was, was pretty funny um, and had the potential to go viral. So what I ended up doing is creating that platform Western Savages on Instagram mm. and sort of taking a similar model as, you know, most of those pages like Barstool posting viral content. But I wanted to add another level of relevance to it for Western students, sort of making right. the following. I mean, like content like that, if it's funny, if it's viral, like it'll do well anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But now, instead of, you know, oh look at that person fall down those stairs at that bar. It's, oh, shit, I know that person. Mm -hmm. I know that bar. Right. Yeah. So it has a whole other level yeah. of uh, relevance to it. People relate to it on a, um, a different level. So I think that helps the engagement and also it makes the following a bit more loyal. Right. So through that, it just started to build like month by month. Uh, more people found out about it. I had a few viral videos that sort of really grew the audience. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, if it's something that's relevant and people are relating to, they're tagging their friends uh, that, you know, live in Saugeen because the video happened in Saugeen and they actually right. saw it happen, right? Mm. Something like that. So um, eventually it built to a, built to a point where uh, I had a decent following on it and um, it sort of grows exponentially in, in, the, in the way where, you know, the more people that follow me, the more content I'm going to be getting, mm. the more content I'm posting, the more followers I'm going to get. So it sort of right. works, balances each other out. Um, so initially it was a bit harder to, I mean, consistently find that content. I only have so much, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, eventually now with this, the, the size of the following, I get a, a good amount of stuff coming in that, um, within that sort of archive, I can find good stuff to post. Right, right, right. right. Mm -hmm. So what, what was it that, uh, what was it about Instagram that really sort of was your inspiration to start there? Cause you know, there's a ton of mm -hmm. platforms, you know, I, I saw that, uh, TikTok, you guys are getting started on that. So, you know, what was the what was so intriguing about Instagram? Was it just the biggest, the most accessible one? I think, I mean, at that time when we were in second or third year, it was definitely the most relevant platform. Everyone was mm -hmm. on it. Um, it was doing really well. But for the type of content I had, I mean, it's all visual, right? Visual yeah. media based. I think Instagram posed itself as the best fit for what I was trying to do. It's very sure. visually oriented. And focused on the media rather than, I mean, Facebook has sort of lost its touch. It's a lot of, a lot going on there, right? It's just Twitter, a lot, of, yeah. Yeah, Twitter's still good, but again, it's a lot of text-based uh, content. So I think Instagram just fit what I was trying to do best. And I mean, it also helped that every single person was on it. And it was sort of like the primary social media platform at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned TikTok. Yeah, so TikTok is even more visually oriented. It's, it's yeah. almost like, yeah, so... We see a lot of the younger people going on that now. It's sort of becoming the new up-and-coming uh, social media platform. But uh, the thing with Western, I mean, there are new younger students coming in every year, right? So I tried to sort of create some sort of page on there and uh, start to build something on that platform as well. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, Instagram eventually will die out. I don't know when that will be. But, uh, yeah, you just sort of want to branch out and diversify. TikTok is quite interesting. I actually posted uh, a TikTok yesterday 
and mm-hmm. it got 2.5 million views. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, so that was the what biggest. The hell? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing with TikTok. It's, it's quite interesting where I like it in the way where you could have zero followers, and if you mm-hmm. post something that's good content, it could go viral, right? Mm-hmm. Because the way their algorithm works, um, they have a for you page, right? right so you post right. something and then like each video gets a time on the for you page where everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. But if it's good content and people engage with it, they like and comment, whatever, then it will remain on the for you page. So right. it's sort of, is a good way to weed out the, the bad content. I mean, if it's really bad and no one's liking it, then it won't stay on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, it also, it's different in the way where if I have a hundred thousand followers and I post something, it could get 500 views, right? Because everyone's yeah. sort of on that public page rather yeah. than the following one, mm-hmm. which is sort of the opposite of Instagram. It's like, um, Instagram, everyone's just looking at their home feed, which consists of people that they follow, mm-hmm. uh, rather than spending all their time on like the explore pages an equivalent of, uh, the for you page on TikTok. So mm-hmm. it is in that way, it's kind of good because it forces uh, people, influencers, even with a big following to continue to post good content or else it won't get views. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's sort of a new up and coming thing. And I think it's been growing a lot during quarantine. A lot of people are trying to not become TikTok famous, but, yeah. you know, test out the the new app. We don't have much else to do. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's definitely something I just wanted to sort of establish a presence on. But um, yeah, right now, Instagram is still sort of the most relevant and um, compatible for me. For sure. And so with your with your page and everything, sort of, you kind of touched on it, like, how are you able to, to scale it? How quick was your ascension and I guess this is a bunch of questions in one but with that sort of ascension you know Mm -hmm. how were you able to monetize it and um you know create some like the business structure around it so basically how it started was um I mean I followed my immediate friend group and uh, that sort of stuff I just got a couple videos out there whatever um but because it was related with western and western university Mm-hmm. Um, what I did initially is I, I tended to go and find the first year Instagram pages, basically as many younger first year students that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I followed them initially because, um, I don't know about you, but like going into a new school, you sort of, uh, want to do anything Western related, you know, you oh, want to yeah. jump on any trends like that. So, um, the follow back rate of that was pretty high. I'd say maybe eight out of every 10 people I followed, um, were following me back even without uh, a lot of content there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was able to build it up initially and get a couple good videos out of that and the following um, from that. But then once it got around 1,000, 2,000 followers, I started following a bit of the older demographic. Um, and it was at a point where they'd see it and they're like, oh, this is a legit page, right? Yeah. It's established a following. so Social proof, yeah. Yeah, so the, fo- the follow back rate was pretty good with that too. Um, initially, as I said, it was hard to consistently put out content that was good. One good thing about the page is that it's really niche and relevant to like the Western community. That's also sort of a flaw of it in terms of content, right? Um, Mm -hmm. it's tough to continually put out viral content that's coming from London, Ontario, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, it's, it's a bit different, but, um, yeah. So from there, again, it was just a couple staple videos that were put out that, um, got the engagement going, you know, 400, 500 comments. 
Um, and once someone was tagged in it, they'd be like, oh, what is this page? What is this? And then they tend to follow or eventually seeing the page enough times they'd follow back. Initially, I, I sort of created the page because to add that whole another like a whole other level of relevance to the student experience, but also to sort of document it, right? Because yeah. Western as a school, they're they're liable for stuff they do. They're quite liable and that's yeah. understandable. So uh, they're going to focus on, hey, come to Western. These are our academics. These are our athletics. These are what we bring to the student experience. But at the end of the day, that's not the true student experience, right? Mm-hmm. They don't say, hey, you should come to Western. Like we've got seeps, we've got the frog, we've got yeah, the yeah. guards, right? So I think that in a way, it was almost as like a recruiting tool for prospective students mm. that documented the true student experience. Because I don't know about you, but when I was picking a school, yeah, academics obviously mattered, athletics, that sort of stuff. But the true student experience is also like like what I'm going to experience there and what I'm going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. That is crucial to my decision as well. Mm-hmm. So I think what this did is sort of dictated that side of the the school that mm-hmm. Western was too liable to show themselves. I think Western slowly realized that because I was initially kind of one of their enemies. I mean, yeah. posting yeah. this content, not all of it belligerent, but I mean, obviously not content that they'd post. You got, your, uh, you got Western in the name. So obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Western is a very basic word. Uh, but right, yes, right, obviously right, right. that association is there without being explicit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so eventually they realized that the audience was building up quite fast and it reached a point where, hey, if we want to get a message out, if we want to, you know, do an event, this is almost the best way to actually deploy that. Best medium, yeah. Yeah, yeah the best medium, the best page, because I mean, I don't like, they could send out emails, they could send out a lot of stuff, but it doesn't have that same reach and targetability mm-hmm. where, you know, I post a story and I refresh it a minute later and it's been seen by like 600 people, mm-hmm. right? So that speed of transmission, they really didn't have. And um, yeah, I think they started to realize that, which is why we partnered on a few things later on. Yeah, for sure, man. So with with all of this and as it was growing, um, is is Western Savages, like, is that a business that you run? Is it like an LLC or something like that? Or is it just one of those things? Like, is it a page that every so often you do an event and something pops off? Or maybe it helped you start other businesses? So, like, kind of take me into that hub and yeah. how it how it branches out. Yeah. So, I like to think of Western Savages as, like, a medium to get a business out there or an idea out there. Right. right? I've built up this audience that, again, the speed of transmission and is like crazy and also it's very niche in a way uh that for a lot of things that i'm doing if it's like alcohol related party related whatever it's my exact target market right so Mm -hmm. i think the value is there um in terms of actually deploying new business endeavors whatever that may be so but no it's not an llc it's not um incorporated i mean at the end of the day it's an instagram page right right but through that um, I was able to pursue and sort of get my other business ideas out. Yeah. So um, in, again, in, in the end of second year, I'd say, um, I started creating that drinking game called uh, Blackout. Blackout. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had some extra time in the, in the computer lab after my tutorials. 
And I would just, you know, be on Photoshop, create mock-ups, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so through that, I got my sister involved as well. And we, we put it on Kickstarter. Right. Um, but Western Savages was like a really good tool that consisted of pretty much my target market. So mm-hmm. um, we did market a bit over that. And we were able to uh, become fully funded over Kickstarter. Nice. So that's a way that, I mean, I used it. I sort of leveraged what I had, what I had built to help uh, another thing that I was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, How much did yeah. you raise on Kickstarter? Uh, we raised 10000 Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, awesome. so, um, and again, like, the things that I've done, like, with Blackout, um, with Western Savages, I wouldn't consider any of these, like, my full-time job or like a permanent uh thing but yeah, yeah, yeah um through the process of actually taking an idea and seeing it through with blackout with uh western savages with alcohol as we'll talk about uh after mm-hmm. um i learned a lot more than i actually learned in school itself mm-hmm. um because i was sort of forced to be put into every single role at one point or another of mm-hmm. that business blackout i mean product development i was designing everything i was talking with manufacturers i had to make sure that was smooth with logistics mm-hmm. um like looking at the actual cost of the cards everything i had to budget i had to be a salesperson when it comes to getting into retail getting into uh online vendors that sort of thing and then mm-hmm. also a marketer online social media basically um so and obviously those things aren't uh things that i'm prepared to do what I was ready mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. in terms of having the education to do it. But um, I think trial and error and actually pursuing something like that is very valuable. And sometimes you'll actually learn more than what you'd learn theoretically in a class. Right, right, right. So with with all of these, so it started to take off and then you had a few of these businesses that leveraged off. So are you still actively working on those few or are some started and then ended? So well, what's kind of going on right now? And, and tell me about some of the struggles that you've had with um, these businesses with uh, yeah. this whole situation that's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, so um, Blackout, the main, the main problem that we had uh, that we had to overcome was it had to do with the manufacturer. Mm. So we decided to manufacture overseas which I mean, financially it made the most sense. And mm-hmm. I can tell you like whatever, whatever game you're playing, card game, Cards Against Humanity, whatever it is, they're, yeah. all, they're all coming from China. Right. Um, right. So we did that. And the real tough part there is communication. Yeah. Um, thankfully, one of my mom's friends, he uh, had manufactured things in the past with that factory, uh, other types of, decks of cards, uh, promotional stuff, be there in person, show them exactly what we want. Um, and that sort of stuff was definitely hard. And mm. we did encounter some issues when we saw the prototypes come in, mm. uh, you know, stuff done in ways that we explicitly said not to do. I mean, even little things like the time change, right? right. It's just really hard to have a solid communication when you're manufacturing things overseas. So communication is huge for that sort of thing. But we were able to resolve it. We just had to make instructions incredibly clear. Yeah. And um, the main, yeah. So the main thing that we lost over that is time because they were remaking it until it was correct. But that's the good thing with Kickstarter. I mean, there's sort of new products that most of the time haven't even been made yet. 
So a lot of the people who are backing your project and expecting it, they are pretty patient. They understand that it's a new thing that um, you're trying to do. So the manufacturing was definitely the hardest part. That being said, now it's sort of hard to fulfill everything and keep it going at the rate that it once was um, with the hype and stuff. But over social media, it's pretty, it's pretty good where on Facebook ad manager, we can, you know, put a couple hundred dollars into promoting uh, the marketing video that we've made and mm-hmm. sort of make it back in a bit more through, through sales. So it sort of works when we want it to work. So if we want to take a break from marketing, we can take it break for a couple, uh, a couple weeks. And that's not the big, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's good is it, it won't really become obsolete. Like you look at, software or phones that you know they have turnover they change every year this is again it's going back to the basics this is a card game so um even if i if we have some inventory sitting somewhere it's not really losing its value Mm. which is a good thing but um yeah definitely manufacturing was the toughest part especially when you're choosing to manufacture it in a foreign area Mm. um but yeah i mean again I wouldn't have known how to do this if I didn't just go for it and try it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it sets me up better for the next thing I may try. So, right, right. And so, with alcohol is your most alcohol, right? Like as in alcohol, yeah, alcohol. So that's your most yeah. recent project. Yeah. So um, basically, again through Western Savages, I was trying to think of another thing that we could create that helps students, basically caters towards their convenience, like mindset. I know students, I don't want to say they're lazy, but because <laughs> like I mean, be, I was a like student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you get every single thing delivered to you, I won't say lazy. I'll say smart, convenient, efficient. right? Yeah. 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 Efficient. So, um, I, we built, like I built it up to a point where I had around 30,000, uh, students following Western savages. And from my personal experience, I was always thinking, you know, what's something that I wish was out there uh, that would have made my time at Western a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I immediately thought of alcohol delivery. And I mean, not everything I'm doing is alcohol related, mm-hmm. but it is something that relates to the audience, obviously young students that um, are in university. So um, it caters towards their uh, need for convenience, but also the main thing is it provided a much cheaper alternative to picking up when you don't have a car, you don't have uh, stuff like that. I mean, Western's a diverse school, right? So there's students Absolutely. coming from all over the world, all over Ontario, all over Canada. So to have a car is sort of a luxury. And I mean, I remember Ubering to the LCBO, getting it, Ubering back. It's just a lot of costs that doesn't necessarily have to be there yeah so this was sort of a way to save some money and also save time don't leave your house don't leave your residence we'll bring it to you Mm -hmm. so um yeah and we want i wanted to make it sort of a more like modern student-oriented uh company rather than i mean more of like an outdated one i I mean there are people doing this delivering alcohol yeah but i wanted to position it in a way where you know, this is Western Savages bringing you a new student-oriented service mm-hmm. run by students for students. 
Yeah. Um, so that was the main goal of that. And then, so it had, yeah, definitely had that branding flavor to it and mm -hmm. enticed them to use it more. So, so was it, um, did you hire a few drivers? Were you just running around yourself? Like how, how did that, how did the logistics sort of work? So initially it was just pretty much me and, you know, Dib. Yeah. 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 Dib. So Dib got involved as well. He, um, so basically this whole thing was sort of me and Dib and, um, we were making it happen. We were sort of, we didn't want to hire people until basically it was necessary. We were trying to make things simple at first. Right. Um, so, but then it was a different problem where, you know, we want to increase the demand. We want to increase orders, but we want to have the means to fulfill those, right? We want to have people who can drive and fulfill those orders. So um, initially it was just raising the demand and we were able to do that. We launched uh, Frost Week. So uh, we did a couple contests through Western Savages and made the association. And what I did is I started to build the, the alcohol Instagram page itself. Because uh, I didn't want to be, you know, pumping advertising on Western Savages like forever yeah, 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 for yeah. alcohol. I mm -hmm. wanted to sort of build it up as its own entity. Um, so that was good. It, it obviously took some time for students to ease into it. It's a new type of thing where, I mean, we need to build the trust of the yeah. students yeah. and the customers. So, but the good thing about it is that we did see a lot of repeat customers uh, happening and repeat orders once mm -hmm. they did it once. Because, I mean, hey, it worked. They saved time. They saved money. It's like, okay, well, I'll just start using this. Right. And uh, the setup for housing also helped us where um, every single person, for the most part, is living with four or five other students. Mm -hmm. So if you got something delivered and, I mean, your housemates are home, word spreads through that where, oh, what did you, what was that? Oh, I got alcohol from alcohol, right? Like wildfire. Yeah. Wildfire. Yeah. So, um so through word of mouth and then uh, the digital marketing I was doing on Western Savages, uh, the brand awareness really, really grew. And we were starting to see sales come in. Um, but yes, it was just pretty much me and Dib fulfilling every <laughs> single order. So, um, but I mean, that's what you got to do initially, right? Until you have the sort of finances and stuff to grow. Right, right. No, and that's, you know what, man, that's, that's a fantastic way that you've been leveraging your brand and, and sort of extending it out and like, like literally textbook stuff that we learned in school, like how, <laughs> how to do that. So that's actually super sick to see, man. So, you know, today, obviously, maybe not as much going on uh, in the, you know, bar life scene, things like that. So how have you pivoted with Western Savages and the, and the businesses as well and, and sort of what's, what's going on right now and um, how are you preparing for the future? So, I mean, for the most part, the page itself, the alcohol delivery company, those things are, are quite seasonal anyways. Mm -hmm. um, it relies on students being at school in London, right? Right. So the, the COVID-19 situation sort of, I mean, made us close down early this year in terms of alcohol uh, yeah. and the delivery service. But, I mean, it happened in a time where it wasn't that big of a deal where summer was coming anyways. So we were going to lose that market, whether we liked it or not. Right. It just put an early close to things. So um, during the summer and during this time, I don't really need to focus on, um, you know, making those things happen right now with, you know, increasing sales or, you know, increasing the page because it really builds on 
through September to April, right? Okay. Okay. It's fair. seasonal in nature. Yeah. Um, that being said, it has been around for a couple of years, the page, and um, I still find ways to grow it throughout the summer. People are on Instagram throughout the summer, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still able to post content throughout the summer, even if it happened a month ago or two months ago, right? Nobody's, nobody's checking you on no, that. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like you try to build up an archive for these times, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sort of deploy it through that until you get the real content coming in um, in September. The mm-hmm. sort of HOKO, the Frost Week, that stuff is when most of the content is coming in, right? Those for big sure. weekends, those big events. So those are pretty seasonal in nature. I'd say during the summer and during this time, I'm just trying to think of ways to improve upon them. And for alcohol, I want to get a team uh, put together for the fall, for Frost mm-hmm. Week, mm-hmm. Um, that we can sort of legitimize it, um, the business itself, and sort of have it running a bit more smoothly mm-hmm. without me having to drive around with Dib doing the deliveries, right? Right. So that's sort of the main focus right now is uh, logistics of the actual deliveries. Uh, we want to eventually go towards application-based software. Yeah. Right now, um, it is a Shopify mobile-compatible website, so it is pretty seamless and it's pretty easy to use. That being said, we may want to be something similar to like the backbone of uh, Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes in terms of their coding and their application where... Um, it's more automated. You know, you can track the driver within the app. Mm-hmm. Um, there are automatic messages sent to you. Your driver is approaching because a lot of that stuff is manual right now. So we want to clean that up and make the experience easier on the customers, but also on us, on our drivers. For sure. For sure. And just make it smoother in general. Yeah. Cool, man. Exactly. That's, that's that's awesome, bro. So, you know, you've done a lot in your undergrad and, and you know, you're, you're out of there now. But what would you say for just young professionals in general, just guys, girls around our age that, you know, want to get started, but maybe they haven't or something like that? Like, what's the one piece of advice you have, you know, for them to, to, to get started? Yeah, that's uh, honestly take the risk, take the risk because and I'm not talking about, oh, just be risky and everything. Yeah. Calculated risk. But you have to sort of take your idea, even if you're not completely confident in it, you have to see it through, right? So take the risk and try to pursue that idea and materialize it into some end result. Mm -hmm. That end result may be a failure, but through that whole process, you're learning a whole lot, right? And that'll only build you up and give you a better set of skills for your next idea. So. I think that's a big issue these days with, I mean, a lot of people, everyone has ideas, but it's really tough to actually see it through and deploy it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it be fear of failure, I know that's a big thing, even with myself, but you really have to take the risk to, or else you'll never know, right? And a lot of the times it will be a failure, but you only need that one time for it to work out. Mm. Um, But again, everything's a learning experience. So I'd say just go for it social media, the reach that you have online with technology these days is insane. I mean, you have the tools out there Mm -hmm. and they're free to get your idea out there and see it through. I mean, even with you, with the podcast, right? You created this from nothing. And what are you doing? You have the idea and you're actually materializing it. So the end result may not be exactly what you wanted, 
it mm. probably will never be what you want exactly what you wanted exactly but the yeah, whole yeah. learning experience that you get from it is so valuable i think um for the stuff that i was doing in school and the experiences that i had through these different endeavors uh provided me with more value than my degree itself yeah, yeah. um not not to say that that wasn't important obviously that's uh that's important but i mean you learn a lot of theoretical stuff in school if you can apply it to something that you want to pursue right now mm-hmm. then you re- that's when you really start to gain that knowledge for it fantastic man fantastic and so just to kind of summarize man what's the what's the one trait that somebody either needs to have or adopt to be successful and go after this? Like, what do you, what do you have to do? What is, is it discipline? Is it consistency? What, what is it to you? I mean, going back again to like taking the risk, you just have to have, you have to have hard skin. I mean, you, you need to see things through. Um, That being said, I mean, if you're looking for an individual trait, I'd say creativity is a big one where, um, as I was saying, Technology and social media is giving everyone these tools to sort of deploy their idea out there. Mm-hmm. That being said, once everyone has these tools, it becomes saturated where, you yeah. know, there are a million meme pages. There are a million different finance uh, pages, right? Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So <laughs> that being said, I mean, you can materialize your idea, but you want to try to find different ways to do it, um, whether it be, you know, connecting and focusing on a more unique target market you want to focus on catering your content towards um, this group or this group or you know creating the content itself in a unique way um, I'd say that's a big thing because mm-hmm. again it is quite saturated out there so if you can add creativity and uniqueness into whatever you're doing uh, that's a big success factor cool cool Alex man that's all I have for you today bro thank you so so much for coming thank on, you so man. much for having me on it was, was great. Uh, yeah, man. It's it was good to hear your story and, and sort of how you were able to uh, leverage the Western Savage brand and and sort of how you're pivoting right now. But uh, again, man, thank you so much. And I'll probably keep talking to you, but we're gonna cut it off here, bro. No worries. Yeah, yeah. That's all good. Yeah. I mean, best of luck with this uh, this podcast. I can see that it's growing well. So, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. You too. So there you have it, guys. Really cool interview with my boy, Alex. I have so much respect for that kid. He's such a creative guy, and he made something out of nothing. And, you know, I actually very recently graduated from Western University in in London, Ontario. I know that school, and they don't play. Like, they don't play games. And um, if they wanted to shut you down, they would. And this guy, you know, we didn't really get into how... He sort of had to go back and forth with them, but I can imagine that was, you know, content for a whole podcast in itself. But what I'm trying to say is, damn, like so much respect for that guy getting over that and then continuing to grow and actually ending up working with uh, the school to create something really, really great. So really enjoyed listening to that. Even though I'm his boy, I literally first time hearing that just like you guys. So uh, more good stuff from a lot of other uh, youngsters that are doing really cool things. Thank you guys so much for checking out this interview and regularly scheduled programming coming on Sunday. We're about to talk about some student loans. Uh, it's going to be really cool. So keep on the lookout for that. But yeah, man, take care, guys. And I'm out this mother. Peace. Peace.